We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. It's Friday, April 19th. And on today's episode, I have three important news stories to unpack for you. Listen, everything in the news is about the Mueller report today. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I think about it, but also have two other stories that really deserve to be told. And they're just not getting any airtime because every newspaper and every news network is all about Trump 24-7 right now. But we're going in a different direction. Listen, we started the North Star and we started this podcast really to do two things. The first is really to tell you stories that simply aren't being told anywhere else. And the second is to give you a fresh perspective on stories that might be mainstream but we'll try to come at them from a different angle. Well, today I'll give you my quick thoughts on the Mueller report. I want to tell you about the news that Mumia Abu-Jamal is going to receive a new hearing in Pennsylvania, and we'll close with a crazy case of police violence in New Haven, Connecticut. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Hey everybody, before we begin this segment, I do need to give you an explicit language warning. If you're listening to this with children, you may want to skip to the next segment. I am quoting from the Mueller report, and there is some foul language from Donald Trump in that report that I'll be quoting, all right? For the past 22 months, one of the most seasoned investigators in the world, Bob Mueller, who is a Republican, I might add, and he used to be the FBI director for almost the entire Bush administration and most of the Obama administration. For the past 22 months, Bob Mueller has investigated Donald Trump, his campaign and his administration on whether or not they colluded with the Russian government to win the 2016 election, as well as whether or not Trump obstructed justice because of any of these investigations that were going on. And yesterday, a heavily redacted 400-page report from that 22-month investigation was finally released. And the report is damning. First and foremost, at the end of the report, and I, I think how a report ends, how a book ends, how a chapter ends is always essential. I mean, you kind of almost have to see it like it's in bold print. How this report ends is with Mueller stating that he believed it was outside of his purview to file charges, but that it wasn't outside of the purview for Congress if they read the report and believed they found corruption. And all this has to do with whether or not you can indict a sitting president. But listen to me. The whole damn report was 400 pages of corruption, lies, and deceit. Literally, the report included handwritten notes from someone who was in the room when Trump first learned that Mueller was investigating him. And to me, it's deeply insightful because Trump's actual words, and this is a quote from Trump, quote, Oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. Donald Trump literally said, I'm fucked 
when he learned that Mueller was going to be investigating him. Just think about that for a minute. And for the past 22 months, Trump had a public face like he wasn't worried, but he had every reason to worry. A dozen members of his inner circle are now in prison or on their way to prison. And Trump knew that his life could not withstand that type of scrutiny. And Mueller said in his report that Trump refused to even meet with him. Mueller said that on 30 of the answers that Trump submitted by mail, that he said he couldn't recall the answer or or recollect the answer to those questions. Mueller spoke of thousands of deleted texts and emails that they couldn't review. And Mueller revealed the extent of the Russian interference in the elections and how within hours of Trump saying on national television, you may remember when he literally said, Russia, if you are listening, help me get Hillary Clinton's emails. And when he said that, the Mueller report details how within hours, Russia was hacking the DNC. And within hours, they were attempting for the very first time to hack into Hillary Clinton's office seemingly because Trump asked them to. I think the report really showed a series of impeachable offenses and even the non-impeachable offenses that are just plain old unethical, number in the hundreds from virtually every member of Trump's family and team. And one that really stood out was the day that Trump fired James Comey. On that day, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders had a press conference And she told the White House press pool that they had heard from multiple members of the FBI of how glad they were to hear that James Comey had been fired. And and in that press conference, when a member of the press doubted her out loud and asked her if she was being serious, Sarah Huckabee Sanders doubled down and said that they had received many emails and texts from FBI agents saying how glad they were that James Comey had been fired. But when she was asked, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about it under oath by Mueller, she admitted that she made the whole thing up. It was all a lie. Now, we knew that she lied for Trump, but to see her do it so clearly, it's just shocking. And the dishonesty from Trump and his team throughout the whole report was breathtaking. But my gut tells me that Democrats really aren't interested in impeachment. They have either determined that they just don't have enough support for it, or perhaps they've determined politically that they think trying to impeach Trump will make him stronger and that their best chance to defeat him is in the election. Now, I disagree with that sentiment. I really do think they should begin impeachment proceedings immediately. I think the report is that damning. But I also think that the fact that he has lied over 10,000 times while in office is impeachable. I think the fact that he ordered immigrants to be detained and ordered their children separated from their parents, sometimes with the parents being deported and the children sent across the country, the fact that he did that just for the sake of cruelty, I think that's impeachable. But that's just me. Now, listen, I could say a lot more about the report, but the truth is you can turn on any news station or open up any website to hear more about the Mueller report. And I have two other really important news stories that I want to share with you, which takes me to my second story. Thirty-seven years ago, a popular radio show host and journalist named Mumia Abu-Jamal was sentenced to the death penalty after he was convicted for shooting and killing a Philadelphia police officer. And from the jump, everybody who knew Mumia just found the case to be so strange. 
For years, he was a really popular NPR host, and he interviewed wide-ranging guests from Bob Marley to Alex Haley to Dr. J. And Mumia was known for his calm presence and his soothing style on air. But from 1982 until now, Mumia has been in prison. This entire time, he's declared his innocence. And just a few years ago, he was removed from death row and his sentence was commuted from death to life in prison after prosecutors finally admitted that some unethical instructions were given at his sentencing hearing. Now, I've studied this case for years. I, I first learned about Mumia and his writings and his advocacy for criminal justice reform over 22 years ago when I was first a student at Morehouse College. And I have to be honest, I could never really determine if he was innocent or guilty. I really don't know. But what I do know for sure is that he definitely did not receive a fair trial. I know that at the same time he was convicted, that the Philadelphia Police Department was literally dropping bombs on an organization called MOVE and that they were willfully framing people for crimes they didn't commit. And all of this has been widely documented. And Mumia was arrested and tried and convicted during that time. And that's the problem with dirty cops and crooked prosecutors is that they ruin the credibility of really everything they touch. Well, earlier this week, the Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, who's a really good guy, announced that he was going to allow an appeal from Mumia and his legal team to finally go forward with a new set of judges because it was just ruled that one of the previous judges failed to recuse himself in spite of clearly having a long history of hating Mumia back when he was a prosecutor. And here's all I'm saying. We need fair, impartial judges and juries for everybody, not just the people we love, not just the people from our community, but we need fair judges and juries and prosecutors for every person, guilty or innocent, if the system is going to actually produce justice. And we need this. If it's ever going to produce justice, we need fairness on every level. And Mumia never got that. That's why we need fair judges and juries and prosecutors and defense attorneys, not just for our friends, but even for our enemies. Which leads me to my final story of the day. On early Tuesday morning, police officers from Yale University in Hamden, Connecticut, surrounded a car that they claim was suspected of being involved in some type of robbery in a neighboring town. And when the car stopped, a police officer suddenly unloaded his gun into the car, firing at it rapidly. And the officer, and you can see this in a video, and I posted this video on my Instagram page, and we'll post it on the Instagram page of The Breakdown as well. The officer starts running in fear while he continues to fire his gun backwards at the car. And I've posted this video, and it's going to help if you can actually see it. But what we've learned is that he really thought that people in the car, at least this is, this is what he says, he thought that people in the car were firing a gun at him, but it turns out they were completely unarmed. The gunshots that the officer heard being fired at him were just the ricochets from his bullets hitting the car that he's firing at, and they were just the echoes from his own bullets. And he ended up shooting a 22-year-old black woman named Stephanie Washington in the face. And she continues to recover in the hospital. Now, the driver of the car was initially arrested, but police have now released him as well after determining that he was also completely unarmed. They never fired a single bullet. 
Nothing. And here's my thing. Over and over again, when American police are called to the scene of an actual mass shooting, where they often learn that the shooter has assault rifles and handguns and sometimes even explosives, somehow these shooters are almost always apprehended without a single bullet being fired from police. They could have literally just killed dozens of kids in a school or churchgoers or people praying at a synagogue or mosque or gathering at a movie. They could really have enough guns for a small army. But somehow in those situations, police managed to not fire a single shot. But here, a woman gets shot in the face and a cop goes running for his life, firing his gun all over the place because he's afraid of the sound of his own bullets. And it's a mess. And people are protesting at Yale and in New Haven, as they should be, because we're just tired of this. Now, it sounds crazy, but I've damn near stopped believing that American police actually need better training. It appears that they know how to do their job. It just increasingly seems like they have unending patience for some people, like white mass shooters, and no patience at all for others. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers and we just won't get there without you. Have you left a review yet? On Apple Podcasts, we now have over 3,500 five-star reviews, but we still want to hear from you, so please leave your best review when you get some time. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. I love and appreciate each of you so very much. Now, if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, We'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but we have hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers in the world. Last, I'm going to give a shout out to our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for our assistant producer, Lissandra, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.